these frameworks right here have helped me close over, you know, over seven figures in, in revenue easily. So pain vision gap, I love that framework because it's not about you, it's about the other person. You are only asking questions and you just have to remember, okay, what is, I'm trying to illuminate the pain of this person. I'm not in a manipulative way, but to help them get clear on where they're at. So pain, in other words, where are you at? Vision, in other words, where, like, where are you going? What's your goal? Like help them get clear on where they want to go on their vision. This is serving to them on a free sales call. One of the most serving things you can do is helping the prospect get clear on their goals because so many people actually have no idea where they want to go. They say they do, their goals are not specific. And so doing that is serving to them and then gap and then ask them, okay, like, what have you tried? Where do you need support? What do you need to do to get from where you're at to where you want to go? So widen the gap. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to the Holy Hustle podcast. I am pumped ecstatic. You know, in these early podcasts, you, you kind of got the friends and I want to bring you uh, not only great friends of mine, but God has truly blessed me with just networking and connecting and building deep relationships with people that are just weapons, people that love Jesus like crazy and, um, and, and are absolutely weapons in the business world. I'm just pumped to have my friend Austin Damon here. How are you, my man? Oh, baby. So good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Just because, uh, and this one's, we, 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 we banter. There's a lot of banter. We, we joke around a lot. Um, first of all, just because of how good looking Austin is, you should go like subscribe review i do a review every month uh 500 bucks for a, a, a random person and uh if you can review this we just get this idea for christian entrepreneurs holy hustle out to more people reviews really matter um and uh yeah that would mean a lot to me so welcome to the show my man thank you thanks for having me well dude super super pumped i'm gonna let the i'm gonna kind of do a little spoiler real quick um so austin damon the last name is is actually very famous um matt damon that's one um but there's <laughs> another famous equally as famous damon and it's the damon system so orthodontists for braces have been for the last 30 40 years using the Damon systems to straighten teeth. I unfortunately did not um, get them, unfortunately, uh, but my daughter has the Damon system. And I, every time I, when I first met my new dentist, uh, and then when we went to take my daughter, I'm like, hey, do you know, do you know the Damon's? Oh, we love it. That's what we use. I'm like, yeah, I actually know the guy, you know? Well, I know his nephew. I know his nephew. And so, so that's your family. And so you were on this path as a kid, Grow, go, going to be an orthodontist. And so you actually became an entrepreneur and you've excelled at business. And, you know, maybe when times got hard, you're like, man, maybe I should go back to school or whatever. But you are an entrepreneur. And uh, can you talk a little bit about that journey, about why you didn't do that and how you became an entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for making me feel like a million bucks, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you always make me feel better than I deserve. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, I, uh, so I went to college to yeah become an orthodontist because my father and uncles and then my grandfather and his brothers, wow. they all, they've all been orthodontists. So it's been in the family for a long time. I played basketball in college and my senior year, I actually wasn't able to play. Um, I hurt my knee 
I tell people, you know, I've told you before, Alejandro, because this is true. I, I was just too athletic for my body. I was like a Derrick Rose, just just a freak of nature, you know. Definitely not true. I was just a slow, <laughs> slow white dude who stood behind the three-point line and shot threes. But I had all this time my senior year because I wasn't playing basketball. So I just was hungry to learn. One day I got an email from this just coaching like info product um, company teaching you how to build websites and rank them in Google. I had no idea what that even was, but I spent my life savings uh, at the time, which was five grand. That's how much the, the course was. I learned and um, that just kind of started the trajectory of me thinking, hmm, maybe I want to actually support local business owners, entrepreneurs in what they're doing and in their goals, um, which ended up, you know, which I'm sure we'll talk about here just becoming a passion of mine, supporting other people, helping them win through strategy and business. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the origin story, if you will, of the shift from thinking I was going to be an orthodontist like everybody else in my family to uh, being a little bit more of a, of an entrepreneur. Bro, how was it at Thanksgiving? You know, or like, you know, like everyone's <laughs> like, Hey, you know, how many teeth did you clean today, Robert? <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, oh, what are you doing? How many, you know, like how, how is the family like, did they tease you? Is it, I don't know. Like, how was it kind of when you started no. out in business? No, man, they've been so incredibly supportive. Uh, yeah. My, my dad never, I have two brothers and they actually, yeah. they're both in ministry. So oh, wow. Three of us, three of us let my let dad down. <laughs> <laughs> he never, never put pressure on us. He always championed us. And I think Dude, that that's is part incredible. Of, yeah. That's part of the reason I think I am, I just have confidence is because of, what he's subconsciously instilled in me. So yeah. So no, Thanksgiving is amazing. Plus I do a, I do a contest every Thanksgiving a weight gain contest to see who can eat the most turkey and mashed potatoes. So I'm usually just focused on that. I'm not worried about what other people are saying. Dude, that's, that, that's awesome, man. Um, bro, let's talk real quick about confidence, man. I, I think, you know, it's something you, you had a dad, um, I didn't. It's I could say that kind of funny now, um, yeah. but you know, like you know, like you know. Thank God for my grandmother. My grandmother mm. spoke life. She would always tell me who I was when when I feel like life and my situations told me otherwise. Mm -hmm. She would always, you know, man. She would just like she was like a preacher to me, man. She'd be like, "You're the head, not the tail, man. You're on top. You're right." Mm. You know, like. And my grandma. That's crazy thing about my grandma, man. She made like six hundred bucks a month from like Social Security, and her bills were like eight hundred dollars um, i had no idea how my grandma and she was the most wow. generous person i don't know if she's like millions of dollars in debt or but she still you know wanted to instill some level and so i think that's like probably my saving hope but there's awesome. a lot of times in business in the beginning when i didn't have a lot of confidence and i almost think now confidence is like a prerequisite mm. for success when when you're off making offers when you have a business, like you gotta, you gotta instill confidence in others to get them to buy. And we'll talk about sales intersect because you're one of the guys I go to when it comes to sales, how to, mm -hmm. how to make more deals happen. How important has the confidence been? Like, what would your dad, like, how would he inspire confidence in you? Because I think there's people that go, man, I want to do that for my kids. Yeah. I want to instill confidence. I want to, I want to instill confidence in my friends and my family and my clients. How did your dad do it for you? And how are you doing it for others? That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say my dad just encouraged me and spoke life into me and just called out what he saw in me, just the life and nature of God in me, just repeatedly speaking that to me where I would just believe it. Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to be confident to grow a big, like a big business that makes a lot of money. Fear 
can be a driver of that for sure. Mm. And I would honestly say it's a driver for most people. But mm. if that's the driver, I don't think you will be deeply fulfilled. To be confident, I really think you have to have your eyes on others. If you if your eyes are on yourself um, and your lens mm. is is you know inward, you really are going to be probably fear fear driven. Like that will be the reason you are wanting to grow a company. For you to be truly confident in who you are and in your business, you have to be others focused and your your mission, your goal really has to be to produce, to create, to bless others, to serve mm. them and to better them. And that can be through so many different industries, services, products, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I would say, I would say those are just uh, some thoughts on confidence. Yeah, I, I I love that. I, you know, I, I feel like confidence is key. It may, may, may not be a pre prerequisite because I'd probably still be broke. Um, if that was, <laughs> was the case, it was, it, the it was, it was a lot of fear. It was a lot of fear based, yeah. you know, that really motivated me, um, in the beginning. So totally. you, you and I met several years ago from a mutual mm -hmm. friend that you and I just love, love, love so dearly, uh, Austin Dixon and another Stein. Austin, he's uh, out there in Spokane, from you and he's like move bro back. you you, you, you gotta yeah just move back you gotta uh, i love seeing your guys's uh lunch workout yeah. instagram stories um but he he uh he's like man you, you gotta meet this guy you guys are so so similar and have you know I, I think you guys can help each other a lot and um austin love you buddy uh austin dixon but um and and at the time you were you had a, an agency mm -hmm. helping orthodontists so so you get into you start you're, you're doing the kind of rank and rent model yeah. and then you end up starting an agency helping orthodontists can you just talk a little bit about over the last couple of years how you've you've kind of come to where you're at right now which is a a, a cmo a fractional cmo yeah. and so you've done the agency thing and there's probably agency owners that that watch this, that follow what we do. Um, and maybe that the fractional CMO might be a model for them that they can actually think and even charge mm -hmm. more. Can you talk a little bit about how you kind of morphed into a fractional CMO? Absolutely. Yeah. So I actually started rank and rent sites for all kinds of different industries. And then out of that built an agency trying to mm -hmm. do everything for every, everybody, <laughs> um, websites, SEO, social media, paid content, all the things. And, um, there was too much you know, you, there's too many variables, you're spread too thin, but I've worked in a, I've, I've helped businesses in a lot of different industries, whether that's, you know, home service uh, businesses, dental, ortho, like you've talked about B2B finance. Um, and, and so that was a like six, seven years. Then I started an agency. I, I finally was at peace. Just, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just help orthodontist and dentist. This is what my family does. I care about the industry. I always kind of ran from it because I wanted it to be, I guess, more um, sexy, if you will. I wanted to work with the Facebooks, you know, the the Snapchats, the the new tech startups. But I was just finally, I, I just kind of had peace of, no, you know what, I'm going to go help these people who are doing good work in their community and serving people and, and bettering their communities thrive more. So yeah, I had an agency there for a while doing search engine marketing, essentially. Um, and what we've just found is a lot of businesses need a little bit more than just agency work. They need, uh, they really need leadership. They need strategy leadership on a monthly basis. So we have adjusted our agency a little bit to go from your typical traditional digital marketing agency doing search engine marketing, paid ads, things like that, to adding this, this 
chief marketing officer piece where we'll meet with the company monthly, help them set out their quarterly goals, their KPIs they need to influence, key performance indicators, and then their projects. And then we'll hold them accountable and essentially like consult them to get to their goals. So now it's both. We actually, it's um, a digital marketing agency with a fractional CMO ongoing service. So yeah, that's the 30,000 foot view as to how, uh, how I've gotten to where we're at, where we're at now. now. We, we've run an agency for a while as well. And, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I think one thing I would say about you that I've, I just think of the word sales. It just mm -hmm. comes to mind. You, you're a weapon at sales. I, I wouldn't say, I, I feel like naturally just because of the, the marketing, Peter Drucker says the aim of marketing is to make sales superfluous. So I've always mm. used marketing and content to kind of butter up people, collapse the no like and trust factor. You're, you're like a pure, like you, you, you spent money, probably six figures on learning how to grow this stuff um, mm -hmm. and, and become a better sales person. I think there's certain agency owners that may feel like a great tactician. Maybe someone's really good at video marketing. Maybe someone's good at cold outreach. But mm -hmm. would you say it's sales, the thing that you've kind of invested in the most to close more deals and to grow this agency? Or what would you say this is the thing that helped you most grow this agency? Yeah, that's a great question. I think just having the mindset of providing value until you until someone just is like, you have offered me so much value, I just wanna work with you, it has really been helpful. So we'll send a lot of just free Loom videos, screen recording videos to businesses, just giving them the quote unquote secret sauce. Um, and they're not actually gonna implement, but if they want to, that's great. Uh, but usually, you know, they go, wow, this is awesome. I wanna work with Austin and his team. So I'd say that's been huge, but yeah, sales. I mean, sales kind of gets a bad rap, Really, it's just getting someone to agree with your mission. And there's good missions out there. There's there's bad missions. And then there's mixed bag missions where some of it's good, some of it's bad. But if you believe in your mission, then you better be good at sales because it's your job to get someone to be on board with that. So yeah, I have invested well over $100,000 in sales, like negotiation, you know, the psychology behind that. And I would be lying if I said, some of that wasn't selfish intent, but I would say God has been gracious. And as I am growing as an entrepreneur, I really am learning to use that in service to others. And I'm never trying to, you know, um, put someone in a headlock. If they don't want to work with us, that's totally fine. And what's weird. And I think you're the one who told me this neediness is creepiness. What's weird is when you, uh, when you're not needy and you don't force the deal, they're attracted to you more and they want, they actually want to work with you more. So it's almost like the less you try, the more deals you close. Um, so one, one thing, and I, and I love, I love, I love sales. I, I, I think just personality wise, I think people, you know, I think there's an attraction just that my, that personality, but, but not every, but not everybody has that. They got to use words and they got to use certain different types of things to latch onto as mm -hmm. kind of their sales mechanism, if you will. When it, when it comes to sales, I think, I think we're always, we're always being sold something, you know, yeah. we're, we're either selling or we're, we're buying into other people's idea. And I, I think, you know, you said it best, like sales gets a bad Rap. There's a book up there called Influence, and it's you know the the weapons of persuasion. And here's what I would say about sales: you know, persuasion done wrong is manipulating people to do what's best for 
Alejandro, mm. for me. It's very selfish. I think influencing people is persuading people to do what we believe with our fiduciary responsibility to do what's best with them. And, and what I would say, and you kind of hit it, you know, God's been gracious. Like, I feel like we got to know when we're manipulating, is this self-serving or when we're actually, man, I, I actually know I can help this person. They need this and we can help level up their business. What are some of the things that you think about though, to make sure that you're not doing it with selfish, selfish intent? Mm, that's really good. I have a, a mentor who's just been a, a gift to me who has one of his practices throughout his entire working career has been before every phone call, just say, Lord, help me on this call. And just that, that little, just conscious acknowledgement of God. I don't know. Just, it's nothing overly, you know, <laughs> spiritual. It's just, you're here, God. And in his presence, I am, when I am more aware of his presence and that he's with me, I'm automatically going to just be more inclined to be like him. And he is all about the other, about, about serving the other. I mean, Jesus came to, um, you know, serve and not be served. So that was the King. How much more am I to do that? Like, I don't deserve, I don't deserve anything yet. You know, I often think I deserve everything. So yeah, I would say that's been incredibly helpful. Also just actually making the money, closing the deals and realizing this doesn't, this isn't satisfying. Like I, I've, you know, not saying I'm a, some cajillionaire, but I've, you know, kind of gotten to a place where we can pretty much do most of the things we want. And, um, it's just not, like you said, selling to serve me. I love how you said that Alejandro, as opposed to selling to influence just is not near as, as satisfying. I really think that's reality. I don't think that's for some people and not others. I think that is a universal truth. Those who start businesses, who sell, who market to influence, to, to, to influence and, and better the lives of others are so much more satisfied than those who start businesses, sell, you know, market to, yeah, to just better their, their own life. And that doesn't mean you can't have goals. You absolutely should. But just through that lens, life and business is so much more satisfying. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So on the topic of sales, let, let's let's get practical here for some folks. It's like, you know, I, I think the people that listen to this podcast, they have the humility to put us in their ears or watch us on YouTube to go, man, I, I'm going to take away, I want to take away something hmm. here. And they're ready. They're ready to learn. They have the humility. I think the, you know, one of the the, the traits I've been grateful for is I, I try not to be a uh, uh, know-it-all. I want to be a learn-it-all. I always want to, I always want to be learning so from, from someone. And mm. so you're, you're a, an absolute master when it comes to sales. And, you know, we have these things called offers. We're on sales calls. We have websites, we have mm -hmm. pitches. Um, we have emails that we send out to people that have some sort of our social media. There's a lot of different communication where we can sell and make, make offers. What would you say are a, a couple like, hey, if, if you were taking someone like me, I'm doing sales, but I'm not getting the results that I yeah. want. You might want to hear their sales calls and everything. But at the at the highest level, what are a couple of things that people could do right now to increase their sales conversion rates? That's a great, great question. I would say if you're listening to this and if you're driving, stop, whip out a, a piece of a paper and some pen. These frameworks right here have helped 
me close over, you know, over seven figures in, in revenue easily. So pain vision gap that comes from Scott Oldford. So I love that framework because it's not about you. It's about the other person. You are only asking questions and you just have to remember, okay, what is, I'm trying to illuminate the pain of this person. Um, not in a manipulative way, but to help them get clear on where they're at. So pain, in other words, where are you at? Vision, in other words, where, like, where are you going? What's your goal? Illumin, like, help them get clear on where they want to go on their vision. This is serving to them on a free sales call. One of the most serving things you can do is helping the prospect get clear on their goals because so many people actually have no idea where they want to go. They say they do. Their goals are not specific. And so doing that is serving to them. And then gap and then ask them, okay, like, what have you tried? Where do you need support? What do you need to do to get from where you're at to where you want to go? So widen the gap. And then at that point, then you can describe your solution. Most people on sales calls just go right into their solution. Then the other person doesn't feel heard. So before you really even talk about what you do, do those three things. That is a game changer. And then the other framework that I then use to describe the solution. So once you've done pain vision gap, you can say, okay, yeah, totally understand where you're at, Alejandro. I mean, do you want me to explain a little bit about how I help? And then of course they're going to say yes. Um, then permission-based, permission-based, permission -based, right? Yes. And there's tons of ways to describe your solution. Really, you want to convey your thing is unique and is going to help them like at that point, they know they have a problem. They know they're not where they want to be. So now they're thinking, okay, is, you know, is Austin's thing the best for me? Alejandro's going, okay, yeah, I get it. But is Austin's thing the best for me? So there's different ways to do that. The framework I love, which actually comes from Austin Dixon. He created this. He's a, he's a, just a marketing wizard. It's called the motor method and I, I love, love to it. use it. So it's, it's myth. He calls it mistake. I like mess, myth, mess. Um, truth result. So myth. So then describe, okay, here's probably what you've tried. You know, the myth that you, you believed would work to get you to your goal. Here's the mess it created. In other words, here's the pain. And you're kind of just reiterating the pain they're in. So they feel heard. Um, then they're like, Oh, this dude, he, you know, this dude knows he's got my mail. He's reading my mail. He knows where I'm at. And then truth. So this is actually what you need to do. And that's when you're talking about your methodology, your thing, your process, your product, how it's unique. And then here's the truth. And then here's the result. And then you're speaking back to their vision where they want to go. So those frameworks are a game changer. Pain vision gap. That's a very serving framework to people. That's the most important one. And then the, the next one, the game changer of how to describe your solution, your thing, uh, is the motor method. Um, myth, mess, truth, result. And I would say if you can memorize that and rep that, you will get so much better uh, at sales. And even if you never close the deal, just doing pain vision gap would be so serving to people. That is coaching um, in of itself. So, so yeah, uh, those are a couple, couple helpful things that have really gotten me to the next level in my, and my business and my team. This is, this is a masterclass in sales. And, and again, you and I are so close to it. So for you, it's like, ah, eh, you know, you, 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 but man, for people that are, are struggling or have hit it, you know, maybe they've, blown out their pipeline of their existing audience. And now they got to mm -hmm. go a little colder market. Now they got to start growing their audience. You know, the conversion rate on warm is different than cold. So, so you got to use these methods in order to, you said it earlier, people, people want leadership. They want to be led. And I think that coaching and leadership is something that moves people closer to, to bond with you and closer, closer to the sale. Mm -hmm. Um, 
ultimately is what happens. You know, T.D. Jakes, I heard him say one time, a doctor can't diagnose you unless you're naked. And I think I think what the best salespeople do is they they elevate a level of vulnerability in the other person. Like this person sees me like, you know, the read in my mail. And, 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 and I think when they feel seen or they feel a level of this person has, you know, there's empathy, the guards, I noticed that the guards completely, you know, um, and, and, you know, one of the things I do is it's, it's, I've learned this from Oprah Winfrey. Um, and, and when you you, you hear, when you hear, yeah, I do. Um, when you hear about the pain, it's, it's, you know, you know, someone like, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. I was showing like, she'd lean in. Can can you tell me more about that? And just shut up. Mm. And, and, and people start to be vulnerable. And I, I I think when vulnerability starts and humility starts to come, like their guards stop and, and, and and they feel that they're being led and and that you might be the person to help them with, with sales. So would you use both of these frameworks? So you're doing that initial one and then to describe your method or your neat, your neat method. Is that the is is that on a on a sales call or is like in one or an email or whatever you do or how how are you doing that like where does that fit in the process? Yeah, before I answer that question, were you that was really good what you said and were you also saying you know you mentioned that TD Jake's quote on being naked? Are you saying it would be helpful if you're naked while doing sales calls? If your picture, they say, they say in sale, they say in presentations, like when they teach it, if you picture your audience naked, you'll be, you know, and then I'm just joking. Okay, uh, yeah. You've heard that one, you know. That's the secret to all my success. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. No, so, so are, are you, is this in one process? Because what you're doing, man, that, that, that pain vision gap is powerful and you'll move, you'll be 80% better, right? So like, is this all in one calls and a couple calls like yeah how is it when you're especially because a lot of people that might be you know watching this are have higher ticket kind of more premium products so they're probably using things like sales calls and vsls and things of that sort video sales letters so speak to that yeah it really depends on the who your audience is your avatar what you're selling and i think people also get tripped up i got tripped up so long on what's the ideal blueprint, like the framework for, should I do one call? Should I do two calls? Mm. Should I not do any calls? It can be crippling. And I would just say, there is Mm. so much information out there and there are objective realities and truths and things that work better than others, but there's also a lot of gray area with strategy and business in general. So it's usually best to just test and be free. Don't let a process, and I'm speaking from real experience here, don't let a process or a framework or the pursuit of the perfect blueprint cripple you. Don't let it be constraining. Your process should be supportive. Be free there. With that said, we do a two-call close uh, because no one really wants to get, you know, they don't want to do the full pitch on one call. It's usually better to build rapport and, you know, not try to offer them anything on the first call for a high ticket, in my opinion. So we do a 20-minute pain vision gap phone call with a brief, Okay, yeah, here's how we help. And then we always go, so I mean, you know, does that sound like it'd be a value to you? And if they say no, then great. I don't have to waste my time or my salesperson doesn't have to waste his time on a longer call. If they say yes, then we go, okay, awesome. So here's probably how I think we could be the most helpful is, you know, getting on a screen share call, yada, 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 share free strategy with you, show you our framework, pull back the curtain, all this stuff. And then you schedule the next call, which is where you can do a longer call. I like to do uh, zoom calls and do a, a screen share of a pitch deck. And then you can use that, 
that motor method there to kind of go myth, mass truth um, result, and also just provide them a ton of value. And we also do like a free 10 minute strategy session where we will actually go, hey, here's where the gaps are in your business. Um, here's, it sounds like where you're struggling. Here are two or three things I would go do. And then, you know, we show them the offer, $100 million offers. Alex Ramosi's book, if you haven't read that, will be the best, you know, the best book you've read all year, in my opinion, um, just on how to make your thing easier to sell. So then you put together an offer and it increases perceived value of your thing, um, you know, value stacking, you can use bonuses, guarantees, all that stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, then that's basically, basically the, uh, that's the the gist of it. So, man, I, I I love that. One one thing you said earlier about about your offer and and it being unique because I think there's a lot of people that prevent them because they don't have to move forward because they don't have clarity. Like, ah, mine just looks like everyone else or someone mm -hmm. selling something else. The first thing I'd say is like, if there was only one barber in a city, that'd be really weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> But there's like 50. Now there's like 100. Everyone's a barber. I feel like, you know, and so so it's like you get a book see or whatever. It's like, man, I, I got so many people doing it out their home now, you know, and so yeah. uh, their backyard or garage. So so how do I make my offer unique and stand out when I feel that maybe not reality? We have to, you know, we have to think like maybe this isn't real, but how do I make it better? Mm, great question. I like what you said about, about Barbara. If any, if there's a Barbara listening to this, you probably <laughs> insulted Barbara. So, um, Barbara. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think if you look at all, a lot of businesses out there, you, you know, we live in this age of the internet where we're seeing like the 1% of the 1% businesses. We all want to start mm. the next Facebook, but you know, you can fact check me on this, but I think the fourth or fifth richest lady in the world owns a roofing business. So there are tons of businesses out there that are the same, that just serve a common need of, you know, a lawn care business, dry cleaning, all kinds of businesses. So um, I would say just doing actually focusing on the service or product and doing it better than other people is really where you should start. If you aren't referable, then it's going to be hard to grow because you're not going to have a compounding business. You're just going to have to go out and get more deals. Like the fastest way to grow is word of mouth. Even though that's not really a strategy, the strategy is making your thing better than everybody else. So I would say that's really the most important before even doing an creating an offer. And how you do that is by taking imperfect action and just going out and and bring your thing to the marketplace and then let them tell you where it stinks. And then you'll make it better. Don't perfect inaction is not good. Imperfect act, imperfect um, action is way better. So I would start there. And then, yeah, then you can build an offer. I mean, honestly, the answer to your question there, Alejandro, as you know, is in the book, $100 million offers, but just ask, where are the problems? Where where are my my customers' problems? Like, what are they? List them all out. And Alex Harmozzi is a genius. He teaches you how to do this very well. And then, okay, what are the potential solutions I could offer to those problems? It doesn't even need to be what you would end up doing, but just do a brain dump. And then ask, okay, what could I actually deliver? And think outside the box. It doesn't have to be your industry norm. And then you value stack those. So then you line item all those things and say, this is everything you get. And then they, you know, most people would say, hey, we offer, you know, uh, plumbing. Well, that's the offer. That's not really an offer. The offer is just the nuts and bolts of what you're promising mm -hmm. in exchange for money. So don't just say plumbing, like line item every single thing that they get in that process. So that's kind of some good ways to make it unique. Then you can add bonuses, guarantees 
you know, to increase perceived value. So, you, you know, what's also helpful too, I think is specificity. I was talking about this the other day, 10 years ago, you could say I run Facebook ads for entrepreneurs. It's like, cool. I'm an entrepreneur. That's me. But now I feel like, you know, if, you know, I run Facebook ads for high ticket coaches, mm. you know, or I run Facebook ads for SaaS startups, you know, yeah. I run. And so, so, so really what, what Austin's saying too, is, you know, that it's the, there's a difference between a product and an offer. You got your product mm. that is the roofing, but an offer is everything that you put around that to, I guess, elevate the value yeah, of the, totally. the, the actual, the actual thing. And so, um, no, that, that, I think that's really important. Sometimes yeah, I would even venture to say like, sometimes then you start naming certain things, Yeah, yeah. You, know I mean? you know, it's like, you know, the pain vision gap method, you know, it's like, you know, it's like you've named it and you kind of start to own that thing. I remember Pat Flynn did this years ago and I, it's kind of where the idea of naming a lot of people were talking about content distribution, man, if you could take one blog or podcast, you could turn it into a blog, you could turn it into 17 articles. You could do this you could, from what 17 different things from one podcast and everyone's like content distribution. He's like, Hey, here's my be everywhere strategy. Yeah. And so you could, you can actually start to name some of the processes in mm. your offer in the value that you create for your specific product. Well, you're, you're great at naming things. I think, I mean, in our times of hanging out, you've come up with awesome Sadie, I mean, Sadie, Sadie, um, Loren Reyes, my daughter and Bella Mia Reyes. I think they're great names. Great names. Holy hustle. I love that. Holy name. hustle. Alliteration. That's a beautiful name. So good. <laughs> Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that, man. Well, you know, let's, let's talk about like over, over the last few years, you, I think, I feel like you've been on this, uh, this journey to be more intentional with mm. your walk with God. I, 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 I give you a hard time about this because I just want to see you more on social media. You read the, um, the elimination of hurry or right. Is that, uh, yeah, is that yep. ruthless elimination of hurry? Yeah. Ruthless elimination of, um, when you, when you have the ruthless elimination of hurry, um, uh, when you read that, excuse me, you, you kind of like disconnected a little bit on social media. And I was selfish because I'm like, I want my bro. I want to see him. I'm sending you memes. And like, I just want to see my buddy's life. And you kind of took a step back um, from social media. And, and, and I felt like you didn't just take a step back, but you, you, it should, you guess you pivoted and, and kind of turned towards just deepening your relationship with God. Now, mm. I'm not here to say, yeah. and Austin's not here to shame you, social media is not bad, you know. Um, but I do think there's a level today, reality, look at your watch, look at how much time you spend each week, look at your screen time. There's a reality that it is, it is a slot machine and we get dopamine hits from this thing. So sometimes if you're not, if you're looking like this, you're not looking up at your family, if you're not looking up at, you know, your business, if you're not looking up at the good things that are happening in your life, I think sometimes this could be a distraction. And can you talk a little bit about that journey back then? I think that was a few yeah. years ago, maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, that's good. Last uh, week. No, I'm just I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's, that was kind of my identity for a while. I was trying to, you know, build the following and found false identity there. Um, and was also just, just consuming a lot of content. But yeah, I like what you said. It's not, there's nothing bad about social media. It's really just a tool. Like it's not even, it doesn't mm -hmm. have a, it's not a being. It doesn't have a soul. So it's not, it could, there couldn't be evil or wrong in it. It's literally just a tool. But yeah, I guess I just, you know, I, I read that book and then I, that just kind of started a trajectory of asking more questions. Like what mm. is, what is work for? What is good work? Is social media helpful? 
I mean, you know, why, I mean, really deep questions more so of why am I here? What is my purpose? And mm. I really just believe with all my heart that not just my purpose, um, every person on this planet's purpose is to know God and to love him and be loved by him and to enjoy him and to be in relationship with him. And that can sound kind of vague, but no, it's really to like actually have mindful conversations with him. And then also deep soul like secret soul conversations with, with God. That's one of my favorite books, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. He says that. And I was not doing that at all. And really, it's just because my cognitive attention was elsewhere, oftentimes social media, and it was very much so a pull, a distraction. And then I do believe that also affected my nervous system and just causing anxiousness. I was in fight or flight a lot more than I needed to be because I was in this other world of social media, looking at all these people who are living these lives. And obviously, we all know that's just kind of the, the highlight reel, as we call it. Um, so I really just wasn't this idea. Of, I wasn't practicing the presence of God. And all I mean is I wasn't communing with him. And I think when we do that, we will be the most fulfilled and the most satisfied. And then our work, our marriages, you know, your, um, your relationship with friends, with kids, all areas of life, if it's informed by that, by that relationship, that practical relationship with God, you'll just be way more fulfilled. So all, that's like a hefty answer to why I have chosen to get off social media. I still have all the accounts so people can see I'm cool and have you know followers and stuff. But uh, I'm not, yeah, I don't log in, man. I, I haven't done that. And, and I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I would say it's probably for most people. And until you can really get to a place where you can master social media, um, you know, it's a great, great servant, terrible master. And if you at all feel like it's mastered you, it is pulling you from, yeah, just from goodness, uh, from the goodness of God. And you could say that for so many things though, not just social media. I mean, tons of, tons of stuff. So for me, social media just was one of those. I was spending too much time on it. It was also too much of an identity. I wanted to create content, wanted to not that content is good, like, but yeah. So long answer long to your question there, brother. Hope that was. Hope that no, I, I think that's really good. But but I, I just think uh, and maybe it's not social media. You know, I, I had this game downloaded on my 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 phone called Clash Royale. Oh, great and, game, great game. And, and, and great man. Now you want me to I, now I'm downloaded again. No, but 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 what I'm saying is, you know, I had this thing and, and every single morning I get up like clockwork, bro. One of the first things I do before I even acknowledge my, my Lord, uh, was I'd open is when I'm in bed at night, you know, if I get some more and, and it, yeah, bro, I'm clashing bro with the Pekka, um, and, uh, and the hog, you know? And so here's the reality, man, is, is I, I had to, I had to delete it. Um, and mm -hmm. I didn't delete cause I was like, Oh my God, like my life. I just was like, man, I actually don't need this. And I think there's so many things that we just don't need if we really start yeah. to think about it. And, and if we can, I just, you know, if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you, man. And, mm -hmm. and, and I just think intention, you know, looking up intention and sometimes we're so looking down at the, and, and life can truly pass us by. I love, I love uh, what Gary V says. He says, you're, someone said the best piece of advice. It was like on the women, it's a video he did went viral and he said something, um, he said, Oh, four words or something like that. He said, you're going to die. Three words, three words of advice. You're going to die. And he ended up talking about it later. But the reality is like, you know, it's got not to get up weird, but like, man, like we, 
we need to be good stewards. Like, yeah. you know, Genesis 1, 26 through 28 just talks so much about, you know, we were created. Our original purpose was to steward and partner with God to create cultures and civilizations and to work. So yeah. I love the holy hustle. We we work hard um, for God's glory. Right. And so um, so I would begin for those that are watching, you know, to, to, to really think about and what are some of the things that I can I can cut up so cut out so that I can focus on friends so that I can focus on friends, so that I can focus on my relationship or for some of those folks that may not, you know, I got some friends that and, and, and people randomly that might not be um, a Christian right now, but they just like good content and they're exploring and, and, and maybe there's some things you can cut out to explore and why mm. I, why am I here? Yeah. You know, what, what, what is my purpose? You know, why am That's I good. here? Austin is one of the most searched things on Google. Yeah. People are people are trying to and in a, in a, and in a, uh, a a world right now when identity is like there's so mm. much tension, so much tension. People are telling you we used to say this in branding. It's either you define your brand or someone else is going to define it for you. And if That's you good. don't identify, if you don't figure out your own identity, you're, you're someone else is going to push it. Yeah. on you and that's going to form you and so what i would say is really start to get away and and, and cut things out in order to try to find some level that's, of of what my purpose is and center right that is fire that's, that's well, hot I, sauce right there <laughs> uh that's a little tapa you know tapa tea right there for you no but but i but i really appreciate that for you. And I, I kind of, you know, say all that, you know, you, you've gone, you, you went through like a very, which I don't think is talked about a lot. You know, you hear it every once in a while, but you and, and your wife, your bride um, went through um, just a, a really terrible time, a, a terrible season. A few years ago, y'all lost um, a baby and um, you know, you have a beautiful baby girl now, but at the time, something like that, you know, my wife works in the NICU. Mm -hmm. And, uh, ooh, and just the stories that you hear, you know, these little babies or, you know, they don't, they don't make, you know, and, and you hear so much loss of women that go through this and families that go through this. And, yeah. and, um, and I, I think for me, you know, you're, you're a tough guy, man. Um, but for me, man, I'm just like, I, I question, I would, I'm like, man, I probably question God. I, 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 I'd, I'd be pissed. Yeah. And so, man, I just love to hear how how you got through that it could have really crushed your life and you could have just you went to become a barista and not not want to continue to pursue all that mm -hmm. god has for you so can you walk through a little bit of that story and for those that are listening i ask for permission for for austin to share this yeah. story so it's not something i'm yeah. uh, bringing out of left field but would you mind sharing a little bit about that story and how God, like your, how you navigated and how God came through for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So my wife just, she had two miscarriages. One was earlier, one was later on uh, in the pregnancy. And yeah, I honestly didn't, I didn't not want to have kids. I wanted to have kids, but you know, my wife kind of convinced us to get married. I would have waited longer. She convinced us to buy a house. I would have waited longer. She convinced me to have kids. I would have waited longer. So she is the best. She's just more mature than me and, um, and just an overall better person. So I need her to kind of help, help me grow up, become more of a man. She calls out, she calls out the, the king in me, not the little boy. I appreciate that, that about her. That was hard. Um, very difficult. And God, Matt, he was just, Oh, I just, I have never more tangibly felt his presence 
throughout that time. And I would say my wife and I, we didn't, I didn't totally know how to be there for her because the man kind of moves on and it's, it's way more difficult for the woman. And because it's more physical, um, it's closer, you know, she's thinking about it way more. So we had to really learn how to communicate better. I had to learn how to practically be there for her. And then in that, yeah, I would just say our, our relationship with the Lord together was just massively strengthened. And like a practical example of that is the softening of my heart and the desire to be a father just exploded after the, after that loss. Um, and now, now getting to be a father of a little girl and then we have a little boy on the way, praise God, uh, is just, yeah, I just look back and go, wow, the transformation is so cool. And I'm not saying God at all, you know, made those things happen. Obviously, you know, he allowed them to happen and he can do whatever the heck he wants. This is his, his world. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he wanted those things to happen at all. Like I'm sure that that is not of his character, but he used that to really like massively grow me up um, and mature me and just soften my heart towards children and towards people and towards my wife. So, so yeah, man, it's been really cool. My wife has just been a, she's been there for dozens of women who have had miscarriages. And mm. it's just a weird thing. Cause it's not talked about the baby wasn't born. So some people are like, ah, is it lost? Is it not? Uh, I mean, we believe it is. And you know, the, the baby was developing um, had a heartbeat. We had been in for ultrasounds. So yeah. So, and then she's been able to be there for many other women and, and support them, care for them, speak truth to them and also just like, just have compassion and come alongside them. And I, I really admire my wife. She's done that for, for many women and many different uh, areas of, of life. So, so yeah, that was a, that was a tough experience, but um, yeah, it was good. I also had to run a business during that, during that time and learn how to learn how to, it made me a better business owner. Cause I, I wasn't, I didn't have as much bandwidth. I was tired. So I created you know, I learned how to create better systems, processes, learned how to be a better leader and um, speak more on the what and the why, and then go find who's to help me, you know, help me accomplish goals, uh, which I think is, you know, good leadership. So it made me learn, learn a lot uh, in the business world as well. What, what would you say, like, what, what did you learn about, about God that maybe you hadn't already known or what what became even more evident for you that you just look back and there's a phrase or there's something about that experience you just like man I, I don't know like is there something that you look back yeah. and you learned about God or yourself yeah just that he cares like you hear that all the time if you if you've grown mm. up in church just you hear so many times oh God loves you Jesus loves you and your heart can almost become numb to that you know hopefully it doesn't mind it mine was a little bit uh mm. little calloused it was just such a powerful reminder that God is not just this religion, this idea, this tradition. Like he is a, he is a being to be known and he wants to know me. And that was just a reminder for me. Like God is so just integrated into the details of my life and he cares about the little details. And I mean, who am I? I'm like one person of how many people are on the world? Seven on there, seven, eight billion people. And if you look at, you know, history, I mean, hundreds of billions of people who have lived. I don't, I don't deserve that. I'm just one dude, but he cares. And so I, I would say that time, like I remember and, and I've memorialized that time to just remind me, God cares about the little things. Uh, and I just felt it in my, in the 
deepest part of my soul, my being, just that he was there, just that he was there with us. Yeah, man, that that is incredible, bro. Well, I, um, man, I love you. I want to commend you for um, talking about that, sharing your experience. I think there's a lot of people that go through things and they just think they, you know, sometimes you you just don't have anyone to talk to. There's a, mm -hmm. you can be very lonely. And so I, I just appreciate you and appreciate your friendship, man. Uh, you've been sense. such a great friend, a, an inspiration. I just, you know, sometimes with friends and you guys, maybe, you know, relationships, sometimes you don't see people often, but when you do see or get a glimpse or a connect or a text, you, you, you know, and you hear the updates that people are, it, it just like, it inspires you. So you always inspire me, your love Thanks, for man. God, your love for your family, it just really inspires me, man. And I'm, I'm, I think a lot of people are going to um, get so much so much out of this because, unfortunately, they're not going to get much from you on social media. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe someday again. Maybe someday. You, you'll, I'm not saying you'll, it's a forever. Thing. You got 11,000 people that want to hear from you, bro. And, and uh, <laughs> anyways, well, bro, before we last couple of questions, how can people follow what you do? How can people connect or and I know you're you're kind of private right now, but. Yeah. How can people kind of connect with you or follow what you do? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Instagram, I'm not posting much content on Instagram right now. I am on LinkedIn and then Growth Honcho is our the website for that fractional CMO agency. Um, and, you know, right now my focus is building that out. But mm. in the near future, I would say, I would say uh, I don't want to skip steps. I want to steward what I feel God is calling me to right now. But in the next, you know, year to two years, um, I do plan on getting back on those um, platforms and creating content and specifically building a business for men in the marketplace, for men who just love to create, to build, to produce entrepreneurship, if you will, um, really to help them know God more deeply and in learn to integrate him practically into every area of their life. And then to have a resource of community to come together and have accountability and frameworks for you know, goal setting, uh, we call, I call it the vision to reality framework. So, so yeah, that'll be in the future. Um, so, you know, um, uh, that's how you could connect with me. You're not going to get much value or content there on social media, but it will be something that I shift my focus to in the somewhat near future. Uh, but right now focused on growing, growing growth honcho and building a team here. Um, and, and, uh, scaling this bad boy. So yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and I love that you have clarity. I love your scale in it. I think it's incredible. Well, bro, if last couple of questions, if you, if you could travel back in time and give your younger self some advice, maybe when you were starting or mm -hmm. a time where you were struggling, what encouragement and advice would you give younger mm. Austin? Wow. You're just a, you're such a good question asker. Other guy, I wish you asked me questions this well, you know, all the time. <laughs> and I wish you'd come hang out with me in Spokane. You never, We're doing it. We're making you never it happen come soon. Up here. I shouldn't say that. I never come down to see you. You've come <laughs> up here more, more than I have. Uh, that's a great question. What would I tell my younger self? What advice would I give? I would say two things. One would be just very practically. It goes back to that imperfect action is way better than perfect inaction. I think if you look at the best business people, entrepreneurs, um, whatever the industry, they took imperfect action and believed done is better than perfect. And how I'm going to make it more perfect is by letting the market tell me what is good and what is bad. So, so create a minimum viable product or service, you know, process, 
just create a thing and sell it a few times and then get feedback on how good it is. Um, and you'll get feedback by people who pay you will automatically tell you with their money and sometimes their mouth if it's good or not. And then you will way, way quicker uh, be able to make your thing better. So if I could go back in time, I would say, hey, man, perfectionism is killing you. You're just sitting here behind a computer planning way too much. You don't need to work on a logo right now. Like go, go sell your thing um, and, and get feedback. So I would say, I would tell myself, take imperfect action and trust that as you do that, you'll actually get to your goal way, way faster than trying to plan some perfect thing. And then the other thing would be, I think in work, people are always trying to you know, be, I mean, everyone wants success. No one wants to be forgotten. So, so that is just a universal truth. So people want to build something to be remembered and to have success. And I would say I was just like crippled by this thought for so long of how can I build something that lasts? Cause I want to be remembered. I want to matter. I want to be fulfilled. Um, and I just woke up every day and was like, man, I don't know if I want to do this agency thing should i do something else and you know i've built a lot of different businesses most of them that failed and so i think when you realize the only way to actually last the only way to be remembered forever is to be grafted into what god's doing and into his um, kingdom which kingdom is oftentimes an overused term that doesn't make sense really it's just his reign and rule on earth when you are grafted into that and you're like, I want to be a part of that. Then like, that is the only way you will be remembered forever. That is the only way you will last because we will die. And you know, even the greatest of people get, get forgotten. Um, so I would say when, if I could tell my younger self, believe this and work mm -hmm. to uncover the reign and rule of God, like work to uncover his goodness, because that is what he calls us to work was before, the world got messed up and human beings missed the mark. Work is a good thing. Work for that. And you will actually find the satisfaction and peace you're looking for. And you will feel that you matter. I wish I could have convinced myself of that earlier, where really I was just trying to pursue, how can I build something for me? So other people respect me and see me as su successful. So, uh, so yeah, I, I would say to sum that up working for for god's glory as opposed to mine really it sounds kind of backwards but it's weird it's it's actually what's mm. fulfilling <laughs> you know um so so yeah that's what i tell my inner self yeah and I, I think you've done really good work just knowing you the last few years several years like you know you've actually you are doing that and i i love the intentionality um, that you have for that so bro last question man what is your definition of holy hustle Ooh, what a question i love it i mean honestly i would i i would say i kind of answered it in the last question i would say my definition is holy hustle would be working creating producing to uncover like the reign and rule of god in this world so that more people can like for the good of others so more people can flourish so more people can be fulfilled so more people can have life and succeed you know in having that life so yeah that's what i that's what i would say like if i could sum it up i would say the holy hustle to me is using my gifts my skills to really uncover god's goodness his character his reign and his rule in this world 
to glorify him and to benefit other people. Drop the mic, bro. I love it, man. Well, bro, I love you. I appreciate you. This has been tremendous. And um, man, I'm excited for people to learn more in the future about that men's group that you're going to be working on. It's going to help thousands and hundreds and thousands of men. And uh, and uh, really, really, uh, man, I, I'm excited for you, bro. So love you. Appreciate you. I love Thanks you. Thanks for doing this with me. Thank you. You're the man, Alejandro.